wanted to run around in the baggy green. Want to be on TV shows like this where we can have a laugh. Never ever give up. They think we're not strong enough, but we just beat the world. Their sexes are dulled. I got pats in the back of the head regularly. It was just unfortunate it was from a coach. Yes, hello everybody. Uh, the Wallabies lost, the Swans lost, Dragons lost, Australia lost to the West Indies. It's been a bad long weekend for Tony. Maybe <laughs> these people can cheer me up. Kelly Underwood and Robert Craddock. Especially that beautiful salmon shirt. And can you put the blue glasses on, Crash? That may help me, obviously, if you... Uh... Lady actually left them beside me on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I were chased her, but not that hard. <laughs> were, you, were you sitting next to Dame Edna? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on this side, Ryan Fitzgerald and Wallaby legend Tim Horan. Always lovely to see your face, Tim. Welcome back. Thanks, Tony. Good to be here. All right, look, uh, so much to get to tonight. But first, the Boomers' Olympic medal hopes took a bit of a dive today when Andrew Bogut hyperextended his knee in Golden State's NBA Finals loss to Cleveland. Yes, Kel, this isn't a good look, is it, for him? He's had no. a bit of strife with injury. And when we saw that him come down, is that hyperextension some sort of strain we're thinking? We are thinking that. It's a hyperextended oh. knee, an MRI scan. Oh. We should get the results for that our time tomorrow. But look, he didn't play in London because of injury. Um, the first game for the Boomers, 53 days away, and his management company aren't saying anything, remaining very tight-lipped tonight which makes me nervous. That is not a good look. So he's getting scanned, obviously, uh, this evening. I saw Matthew Delavadova uh, from the Cavs who beat them saying just how his heart sank when he saw that, just wishing he would be you know, right for Rio. He's and, of key. course, yeah, he is key. I mean, he's our best player yeah. and, uh, and the Boomers have never, ever won a medal at the Olympics and this was probably, arguably, our best ever chance. So, and, and for Andrew Bogut, and you consider, you know, the game today, we were meant to be sitting here talking yeah. about the fact that this mm. was the feel-good story of the mm. day, that... Andrew Bogut, who didn't play in the series decider last year, they put him to the bench. He started today. He started well. This injury happened in the third quarter, and when he went down, um, so did the Warriors' chances at that point in time. When you say feel good, a lot of people think LeBron James is feel good. I think he scored 41, 42 points today. He was absolutely sensational in their win. This is at Golden State's home. Look at all the yellow there in that court, and they just nailed them, didn't they? Well, all the yellow there was almost like it was going to be a 48-minute lap of honour. They were ready just to celebrate and party. No team ever come, has come from 3-1 uh, back. But LeBron James, this was, I would say, arguably his finest hour. All the pre-match talk was that LeBron was set to lose um, five finals. Of course, he's won the two championships with Miami. But the fact that this could be the, the fifth final that he had ever lost. But what did he... He combined with Aussie Kyrie, because we call him Aussie Kyrie because he was yeah. born in Melbourne, Melbourne and course, I think he yeah. lived, yeah. spent his first three days in Australia. It's 16 rebounds. Yeah, yeah. He, well, the, for the first time ever, LeBron had 40-plus, Kyrie had 40-plus. The first time teammates have done that in a final series. So He's got a future, LeBron, I reckon. You go, OK. But keep an eye out on him. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye out on him. Andrew Bogut, of course, had already done the good deed. Jared Roughhead, he got him tickets, so he was there, I think, think sitting courtside. He Instagrammed a picture of he and his brother, I think it is, there that are before the game starts. That's great, isn't it? That's a lovely story. It's brilliant. Um, and, you know, I think Andrew Bogut uh, organised... Although Joe Inglis is really good mates with Ruffy. Is that yeah, right? Ruffy and Joe... Joe Ingalls are best mates for quite a while and I think Joe rang Andrew Bogut and 
organised the tickets, which was a great gesture. And Jared Roughhead is an NBA tragic. He named his dog Mello after Carmelo Anthony. So that's how much he loves the basketball. <laughs> Would have enjoyed it today. <laughs> that's sad. Right, Golden State, of course, lead 3-2 in the best of seven series. They could have clinched it at home today, but uh, Adidas was the kiss of death. This is from the Adidas homepage. Golden State Warriors, 2016 NBA champions. Oh, no. <laughs> no. going off too early, Timmy. I think Nike did that uh, to English Rugby Union a few years ago when they are going to win the Grand Slam. And said, congratulations, Grand Slam winners. And um, they lost to France the next day. So. Well, it hasn't actually been a, a golden period for Adidas. They came up with a terrific campaign for the Copa America with Colombia. Uh, have a look there. It's classy, looks beautiful. Just a, a one slight problem. That's not how you spell Colombia. It's with the O rather than oh. the U. Uh, yeah, Adidas all day I dream about surviving going back into that country. <laughs> <laughs> you don't reckon that was a G up to, to get to gain attention, do you? Like, and it may work in their favour. I remember the English cricketer Ashley Giles had a benefit year and he had 2,000 coffee cups done with Ashley Giles, King of Spin. But they misprinted it, came out King of Spain. <laughs> and guess what? The coffee cup sold out in three weeks and were reordered. And, and, and so he just kept on printing throughout the season. Yeah, King yeah. of Spain, the talk of England. It's brilliant. <laughs> All right, moving on to uh, rugby league. Wade Graham was last night given the great news he'd be making his State of Origin debut. Then he was given the not-so-great news that he faces a one-match ban for this high shot there on Jonathan Thurston, that one game being State of Origin 2. Uh, he flew to Coffs Harbour. Uh, today, he'll fly back to Sydney tomorrow and he'll face the judiciary. He's got carryover points. Crash has two Queenslanders. You'd have to say that looked OK. Jonathan Thurston was slipping back. and uh, But don't you reckon there should be potentially... Like a week before Origin and a week before a grand final, different demerit points coming into those big matches? Probably. I always think unofficially it works that way. Like the big joke is you've got to set fire to the Harbour Bridge or steal the alligator from Taronga Park to be ruled out of the Origin, don't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And, but look, he did hit his head. It was careless. I'll tell you what I have noticed. There's a complete different mindset in Queensland than really? the 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. You'd go through the metal detectors coming down here if there was a judiciary hearing like this and blokes be saying, mate, if that guy gets off, it's a circus, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Today, blokes saying, uh, I reckon Graham will probably get off. You know, that Queensland is no longer paranoid about this, but... Uh, well, 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 back up. Haven't you got a front page or is it back page in tomorrow's <laughs> Courier Mail? Yeah, this is our back page that tomorrow saying, wow, you're invited to a surprise party. Gee, I wonder what will happen at the judiciary. You don't think a blue will get off, do you? Wow. <laughs> Stay tuned at 6 o'clock tonight. <laughs> Come on, he tried to decapitate him. At least wait until JT's an immortal before you decapitate him. <laughs> you know he's going to come back? No wholesale sackings for Queensland. Their team will have to Gladstone, I think, today to do a meet and greet crash. Uh, I don't know why. Kevin must be looking around his lineup, going, where's the points coming from? They could only manage six in State of Origin 1. I mean, they've got to be worried, don't you think? <laughs> Look, actually, I've got to say, this is one thing they do that I love. Getting up and meeting the fans. Gladstone's done it really tough. There was, you know, a lot of joy. They've been looking forward to this for months. It's fantastic. But that's the big thing with the Blues, isn't it? The last 10 games, average 10 points. Can they find a way through with that same team? Yeah. Man, oh, man, I tell you what, if it doesn't get through, whew, big questions, Tone. Yeah, 20 points minimum is what they need, isn't it? All right, Sammy Thiday, he cops some flack uh, over his losing your virginity gag after Origin 1. He's decided now to just let his actions do the talking from now on. I think this just says it beautifully. 
Oh. <laughs> well, it's pretty much the same quote, but just done in sign language. Thanks well, so much, it, Sam. It was messy, but he got the job done, you know, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> All right, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we showed you Greg Bird's origin training outfit, uh, the onesie. It just looked spectacular. Uh, you, you bagged it, Crash. Uh, you know what? I've got a little presentation for you, if you wouldn't mind taking that over, because you did bag <laughs> What's the, this? the onesie. Just... <laughs> Oh, 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 man, can... yes. What is this? Oh, this... Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the first this in the is... maroon Teletubby. <laughs> <laughs> My onesie. All right. All right. But I tell you what, I'll even... The sizes are extra large. It's huge. Oh, my goodness, By mate. the end of the show, you will be wearing that. Okay. Right, I'll tell you what, I'll wear it home. No, one. No, no, you'll wear it home. <laughs> yeah. do, a bit of role, do a bit of role play with your wife when you get home. <laughs> hey, it's more trendy than what I normally wear to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a picture. I'm not going to sleep for weeks. All right, how far can the Sharkies go? They play tough. They go the niggle. They also have amazing flair. This is just a sensational try from Valentine Holmes, uh, last night's win over the Cowboys. Now, that's Lachlan Coote. He's just doing the in and away. Show him and gets down the sideline at pace. Timmy, as an uh, outside back, you must love seeing uh, that. Brilliant, isn't it? Uh, and, like, he did not stop, did not break a uh, step whatsoever. And it's great that Shane Fanigan and his coaching staff have really turned this club around, haven't they, since a couple of years ago. And, and the club, the sponsors and the fans have all stayed with them as well. So... Uh, I know that Holmes, I know that um, he's off contract very soon too, so he'd be a good fullback for um, the Queensland Reds crash, wouldn't he? You, uh, you must know something. Uh, I, I can tell when you're dropping a line. Uh, it, they, they're interested, aren't they? They, they will chase him, yeah, youngster. And you know, I think that the Cronulla Sharks would, do, would try and lock him up very quickly because he's a wonderful player. There's a couple of players in rugby league now that Michael Checker is looking at, um, but he, he's wanting those players to actually come and knock on the, the rugby door first. Ten in a row, it's great numbers. Isn't it? And great re reward for the fans who have yep. done the hard yards over the last few years. And you can't help but make the contrast with the Essendon Football Club, given that both these, uh, both these clubs were danked, in a sense, and, I guess, uh, suspended under Asada and wider rules. And yet, uh, so they've won ten in a row, and Essendon's lost ten in a row. James mm. Heard was sacked last year. And Shane Flanagan has every single player under him in career best form. So it's good yeah. reward for, for effort and I guess patience for the fans. And it could I mean the NRL grand final in the last couple of years has thrown up unbelievable storylines, story hasn't stories, it? Stories, absolutely. So to think what is it, their fiftieth year they could win their first premiership. Be absolutely brilliant. Obviously the Cowboys who won last year got rolled by the Sharkies last night. There were danger signs for the Cowboys before they turned up. Uh, there was well one, this was JT doing a cross to the show <laughs> <laughs> in the background is They're all around him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? He laughs. Yeah. <laughs> he's out. He's on the sand. He's safe right there. Good on you, Jake. You know what? The, the great players in sport, and Tim, you, you probably relate to this, they've got one thing in common. They relax between games. Like, he loved that, went back, kicked around with his mates. He's the most chilled-out individual between games. Just switches off. The Bulldogs were too good for the Dragons yesterday, although they were helped by a couple of dodgy calls. Like this new rule, I love it, allows you to throw the ball forward to yourself uh, and then keep going. You imagine all the kids in the park now. Yeah. They're not, not, not trying a chip kick, they're just, they're just throwing it over the defence and regathering. And... No, there's got to be something. I mean, the the well, Dragons players stop because uh, it looks like a forward pass. No, I didn't mind it. If it's accidental, play on. In fact, I wouldn't even mind seeing an experimental rule where oh. you could do it intentionally. No, well, you uh, but it's what? got to deviate. It's got to come off the opposition, yes. doesn't it? If it's accidental and it doesn't touch the if opposition, you're juggling it's for okay. It, yeah. yeah, like it's juggling. You know. so, so that was legal. Yeah. That was allowed. Yeah. But if I, you did that intentionally, 
players coming in here. Intentionally over your head. Over. It'd, be, it'd be called gridiron crash. Is that what you're trying to say that we should be playing? Not if players are behind you. Uh, OK. Right. Yeah. For the first time in 40 years, two Englishmen captained the NRL sides in that game. Now, look, I'm not sure James Graham was congratulating Gareth Witt upon that fact. As the Dragon skipper, look, he was lining up the, the conversion. He gives him a bit of liberty and goes fast. And just a couple more to be going on with. Look at <laughs> and what's more, it completely works as Widdick comes in and misses right. the... Oh, right. yes. Would have been good if he got straight through. Do you, think when shit, isn't it? do you think when James Graham retires, the back page will go back to half an hour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good fodder, isn't he? Yeah, he's on every week. I do love him. All right, everything went Melbourne's way and their thrashing of the Roosters. Even uh, slip-ups turned to gold. Look at Cam Smith. And this is what How I... How good is that, though? But he would turn around and look straight at the Rooster supporters. Oh, no. <laughs> God, every kid's doing that now, Timmy, I bet you. God, that is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, that is brilliant work from a brilliant player. And you're right, they would have been right into him, the Roosters fans, over the fence. All right, to uh, rugby. And Supercoach Eddie Jones has guided England to its first ever win over Australia in Brisbane. Tim Horan, uh, I must admit, I was a little bit surprised by this result, but they came out and played beautifully, didn't they? Oh, they were brilliant. They, they thoroughly deserved their win. Um, seven tries all up in the Test match. The Wallabies scored four, England three. You don't usually lose a Test match when you score four tries, but uh, Eddie Jones was brilliant. He was there with Glenn Ella, um, the Australian assistant coach as well. I think what they did, they had a brilliant game plan to actually snuff out the Wallabies' attack defensively and um, I just think that the way that Eddie Jones has got this team going now, they've played six, seven test matches since the World Cup. That's the Wallabies' first game. Is it just me or does it feel like Eddie is everywhere? I don't even yeah. think I've seen an English player interviewed yet because, you know, he's in the newspapers, he's on the radio, he's on the TV. Love his energy, love his passion. He's playing the mind games um, tactic beautifully so far and Michael Cech has yet to bite back. Yeah, I think Kelly's uh, he's protecting his players and he's shielding the players from the media. And you're right, you, you've hardly seen any English players um, interviewed. And, and Eddie, he's a gamesmanship, he loves it and uh, he's... He's been very good off the field. Do they have a relationship, Checker and Eddie yep. Jones? Yeah. yeah, they played obviously together for the Ramwick Rugby Club for yep. about three years and they were texting each other through the week, more about catching up for a beer after the game with the sides. Right. But, uh, I, mean, Eddie, I mean, I was selected with Eddie Jones for a couple of years with the Wallabies in uh, mid-2005. And it was funny, even at the selection table, when I was an independent selector, we had one particular test match where, as you go through, he goes on the whiteboard, so number one, you know, Greg Holmes... We got to the hooker, number two, and I said, well, up and coming, Stephen Moore, good young player, I think he should be number two. Other selector, Brett Robinson, said, yeah, I agree with Tim, you know, Stephen Moore should be, and Eddie Jones just writes up, Brennan Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> he, he totally gets the team that he wants, and uh, he's a great tactician, and he really outthought Michael Checker in that test match. Well, you talk about, and Kelly mentioned the mind games that he's played, and he certainly has, uh, before the Melbourne test is even going further. Have a listen to what he had to say. And there's a lot of expectation about the Wallaby team. You know, they've come back as the second place team in the world. Uh, they've got the world's best coach, and, you know, the expectation's high for them. So the pressure's on them next week. Czech was voted the world's best coach yes. last season. Does Eddie believe he's the world's best coach? Oh, I think he would. Yeah, I think he would. I think the way that uh, Eddie, Eddie Jones is... And he just plays media. Once again, it's all about Eddie. Yeah. So there's no players interviewed there. And uh, Michael Checker is behind the eight ball this weekend. They need to change. No David Pocock. Yeah. You expect probably either Sean McMahon or Ben McCullum will come in at number eight. That's right, good size. That's good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Tim, isn't it good to see a mad 
theme in rugby, like someone <laughs> completely stirring the pot, unsettling the whole thing. It's scene. ignited the series. Well, it has, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. do, do you appreciate that? Like, oh, definitely. I, this I love his movement game. before the game too. <laughs> how good, this, but how good is this, though? To yeah. see he's got the loafers on. He's, <laughs> he's Mr. Miyagi, man. He, he moves. <laughs> he does. It's yeah. like he's, he'll get the boys to be waxing off, waxing off, polishing his cars out the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that vision, though. That's fantastic. But he, he understands um, where rugby sits in a sporting landscape in Australia as well. Obviously, so rugby league over. So he gets the yep. promotion that you have to put into this test series. Yeah. What about the moment, uh, Nathan Gray, the water boy, who was on the sideline when the, the, the kick came through? Now, he gets in the road because he doesn't want a, a quick throw. Yeah. What do you make? And the, and the fullback wasn't happy at all, was yeah, he? Yeah, no, Brown wasn't happy, the fullback. He wanted to go for a quick throw. And if anyone touches the ball, apart from a player, you can't throw the ball in quickly. So, Nathan Gray, he was in his little box, in yeah, his in first the, box. Yeah, it's called the grey area, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, he's all in his rights. But a game. who had right away? Surely the player has right away. He does, yeah. You're supposed to move away and let the player catch the ball so he can go for a quick line-up. No, you don't. But Gray's enough. No, <laughs> no. Just quickly, Timmy, second test. It's in, in Melbourne. Crucial, obviously, for the Wallabies. Uh, England have got that historic win there. They want to win the series. Who wins? Uh, I think Australia will win on Saturday, I think, because they'll change up their scrum. They'll have a few changes in the front row. They, they, need, they gave away 15 penalties, the Wallabies. Yeah. That, that certainly cost them. So uh, I think uh, Michael Check will have a different game plan. Probably change three or four players, I think, into this test match. All right, a great story at the GWS and Swans game on Sunday. It wasn't the game. I had nothing to do with that. This bloke from the crowd picks up $100,000 for kicking the footy into the tyre ring. Isn't that just brilliant? Huge prize. And got $20,000 for the throwing the child into the air. <laughs> In all honesty, Fitzy, if, if, I, if you did that as an AFL player, how many shots do you reckon you'd take? I reckon, it, it, I reckon you'd do one in 30 with that. That, that is unbelievable. That, that, and, and we spoke to the bloke on radio this morning. He, he's going to donate a majority of do it to it to the White Ribbon uh, charity that wow. was there at the game on the weekend. But he said that moment, he goes and watches every GWS game, but he said that moment, because it was all the GWS supporters and all the Sydney Swans supporters, he said it was the loudest moment of the night. Yeah. And both team supporters were there. He felt, he said, the hundred grand sort of went out of my mind. It was like I was out in the ground and I just kicked my tenth goal and won the game. Well, this is the classic with the players trying to listen to Leon Cameron, yeah. and you can't, you cannot do no, it. No. And you're like, and heads crane around. And Leon said after he was looking specifically at Stevie J, who was turning around watching and cheering. Well, unfortunately, the the the, the uh, cab ride home from Spotless Stadium cost him hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was a Swans fan, yes. but he's switched to become a giant. So they're really fickle, like they're fickle yeah, those Swans fans, aren't they? Uh, Swans <laughs> fans, the, the Swans yeah. themselves didn't turn up uh, at that game. The, the uh, Obviously, GDUPs were very, very good. They were strong, that contested footy that the Swans have pride themselves on, Kel, over oh, the The, the new journey. AFL powerhouse. Yeah, Look yeah. out, Tony. Yeah. I, uh, I love this team. I love the way they go about it. And we talk about the young guns, but... They have got three recruits in there. Heath Shaw, Shane Mumford in the middle and mm. Stevie J right there, is, there up that. front. They are three of the best trash talkers in the game. And when they run out through that banner, I reckon the young kids, Fitzy, grow an extra leg. Like, they, they absolutely love working under those three. And, and credit to Leon Cameron and the system that they've got there. Those three players were stars at their former club, playing arguably maybe better footy mm. with the Giants. They're not... They're not arrogant, no, but they're nigglers. Do you know what? I, I, in Balmain, where we live, the, the, there's a heap of the GWS boys, young fellas, and they are up at the coffee shop all together regularly. Like, they're very, very close. They're young. 
They can sniff that there's something going on. They were struggling the last couple of weeks, but they've really stamped their authority. Has that come a bit from Gubby Allen, when Gubby Allen was there to sort of get that side together? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I think it sort of started... Leon Cameron's the man getting this team together, and, and you know, he's done an amazing and job. And Stevie J is not a bad bloke for them to follow, for those young blokes. The way he and Buddy at the weekend, it was just brilliant. Buddy comes over, gives him a little bit of a don't argue, and Stevie J's going to have none of that. <laughs> and down Buddy goes. And then, of course, their little reaction towards it at the end is actually really good. They have a bit of a grin. Great. Both veteran footy players uh, just love it. And he's a man to follow, isn't he? He is indeed. And uh, we know with uh, Sydney sporting clubs, no matter what code it is, they absolutely love big-name marquee superstar players. And there's two of them in the AFL. Brisbane Lions coach uh, Justin Lepich has been trying to teach his team how to play good hard footy. He's also trying to teach journos about good manners uh, after another loss and another question about his future at the club. Lepich, do you fear for your tenure as Lions coach after a result like that? Oh, here we go again. <laughs> oh, God, can we stop these silly questions? I'm getting a bit over it, to be perfectly honest. What would you ask someone if they're going to keep their job? First of all, it is... If you said that to someone on the street, it's a disgusting thing to say. Second of all, ask someone who decides it, not me. So that's the answer to it. So stop asking me. Ask Lee, ask Swanee. I've got a job for 18 months to do, and I'm doing it. Can we finish it right now? Done. Thank you. Next question. Is he right or is he fair game? Oh, I think he's totally fair game. I mean, that's to me what a, is actually what a press conference should be. It, it's a fit. Michael Voss was asked that question at least 15 times, yep. and each time he got a dignified reply. Greg Davis from the Courier Mail asked the question. I know Justin, I think, might have been in contact with Greg and, and, and apologised. But when you've got a record of winning percentage of just over 20%, you can't duck that question, but Crash, oh, I'm afraid. But, Crash, don't you reckon when you, when you have the CEO and you have a board member like Lee Matthews, the two words you don't want to hear is full support? Yeah, which is... <laughs> sort of Morse code to you gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, and that has played yeah. its way. The, the, my way, main worry about a coach like that is what you might call the Danny Frawley uh, syndrome or, or where... You become immobilised by all the pressure and, and you can't get the message through to the players. Like, Danny, I think a part of him is mm. still bleeding from his coaching days and you can almost see it in the coach. Mm. Now, that's the first sign of Justin cracking. He's made a pretty strong stuff. Can he go the journey? I'm not really sure, you know? I, I didn't mind that. I thought he handled it OK. And, of course, the questions mm. are going to come. They were yeah. there on the weekend and they will continue to come. Mm. And Lee Matthews is saying, yep, and we're backing him in until the end of his contract, end of next year. What more can he say? Of course he's going to say that. Mm. Whether he's there next year, I wouldn't have thought and what so. Has he done? What is, what's he complaining about? I mean, I get posed that question every time we go into a meeting before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon your job's on the line this week, Fitzy? Well, it might, it might be after tonight. <laughs> if Patrick Dangerfield plays at the level he managed against North Melbourne, uh, Geelong will go very close to winning this thing, I reckon. He is just amazing. The numbers, Kel, that he came up with in this performance are ridiculous. Oh, you should ask Crash. He loves him more than me. But Does 48 he? disposals, 86 between him and Joel Selwood, the captain. Can you believe that? And it prompted discussions of great sporting duos over the years. Of course, the number one is Jordan and Pippen. After what we saw today in the NBA, uh, LeBron and Kyrie, but that was extraordinary. If you're a Cats fan, you're getting value for money at the moment. Brownlow medalist? Yep. Well, now Let, the, Let's now call it. We're on a roll because we did tip last week the GWS tied. Brownlow medalist, OK. Well, yeah, but see, Fife and Ablett's out. So he's, he's definitely in the hunt there. He, he, um, the thing with Dangerfield, though, I mean, he has a couple of quiet games here and there, but when he has a good game, it's an absolute it's standout. Ridiculous. I, lo I love with him is that 
He loves the spotlight. Yeah. So his best games are the always games. the big yeah. games. Yeah. Another loss for Collingwood against the Demons and uh, Triple M's online team, the Greenfield Post, has certainly had fun with Nathan Buckley's treatment of Travis Cloak. You put your full foot in, you take your full foot out, you put your full foot in and you f*** him all about. You do the cloaky pokey and you drop him down. That's what it's all about. <laughs> In defence of Nathan Buckley, though, I mean, Travis really, when he's been brought back from the VFL, hasn't set the world on fire, has he? No, he's, his confidence is definitely down at yeah. the moment, Tone. And, and look, I, yeah, I, he's justified everything. Every decision he's made, Bucks, I think he's doing the right thing. He just needs a bit of form. Although you talk about Justin Lepich, man... The pressure, Collingwood. Mm. That's mm. Justin Lepich by three, isn't it? Yep. That is a story. That's, lost, that's a big story. They've isn't lost it? 16 of their last 22. It's uh, or is it all over for Maria Sharapova? Hit with a two-year ban for taking the banned drug meldonium. Now she's appealing, uh, um, obviously, for the what she calls as a very harsh penalty. Uh, it seems many though. Pat Cash, I read, uh, believes that it's the absolute just thing. Is, are we going to see her playing again? No one's backing her, no. isn't it? No one is supporting her in the tennis world, and uh, her career is tainted. And I would suggest that her reputation is in tatters. And if she does come back at the start of 2018, um, I would suspect that there will be people out there that will boo her because if you read the evidence, it is unbelievably mind blowing, isn't it? The, the detail and the length she went to with all the various supplements that she was taking. But of if course, it wasn't it, on the band's list. No, at all but at Sydney, yeah. So oh, sorry, Melbourne. The Meldonian yeah. is the one that's in question that she got yeah. given ten years ago. It's um, it's a drug that got, is for heart patients yep. that you cannot access in the US. And yes, sure, it was legal. Isn't there a point as an athlete, yeah. Tim, where you go, okay, it's it's legal up until the end of last year. This mm. year, it's banned. But the ethical issue of I've been told mm. by a doctor in Russia when it's a big game, take a few more doses. What's your stat about I it? I never, ever declared it. She's, yeah. got, she's got the second best uh, record in three setters in the history of women's tennis. Finishes strongly. Yeah, Endurance. Yeah, so 77% of her three the setters she wins. The challenge is, if you're an athlete, professional athlete, you, you, the trust you put in your medical staff and the people around you mm. is enormous. But you so still her... have to decide... If you're not sure, you've got to ask the question, and you've got to know. I mean, there's only been one time in my career that I didn't know what I was taking, and that was having pink jelly shots at the Hong Kong Sevens. <laughs> <laughs> but read into this, Tim. Her coach didn't know. The yes. WTA doctor didn't know. Only, t- only two people knew. Her dad, and her dad was sourcing it from Russia for the last right. three years. How is he getting his hands on it? And her manager, who tried to take a bullet for her during the case and said, look, it's my fault. I go to the Caribbean at the end of every year and I sit poolside. I kid you not, this is what he said. I sit poolside and I check off all my athletes and the the WADA code. But I split from my wife at the end of last year, so I didn't go on holiday, and therefore it is my fault. So two people knew she That's was taking it. Good well. and they could, how long did it take him to say we completely disregarded? About five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy spoke for 20 minutes, and in two seconds they said, get out of here. Do you agree with it's, me? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think she's... Like, she's just... It's the secrecy of yeah. it. And the double standards and the endurance. It has to help. Mm. It's tough enough in a, in a breakup to hear a song that you shared as a couple. Well, how tough then for Grigor Dimitrov to hear a song from his former girlfriend, Nicole Scherzinger's band, The Pussycat Dolls, at a change of ends during a game of tennis. <laughs> he's the only one that knows. <laughs> Maybe. 
the great thing is <laughs> the reactions there. He was winning easily to that point and he lost the that's game. An, see, that's an old trick. I mean, they used to do, the, do that with me and Susan Boyle when I was playing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you, missed the, you missed a great segue there as well. Maria Sharapova's ex as well. Uh, I know. See? I thought it was too detailed for me oh. to get into all of it. Clearly I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Day goes uh, into this weekend's US Open as the favourite. Uh, you'll have to be on his game at Oakmont, though, uh, Crash. It's one of the toughest courses on the planet, isn't it? It is probably the toughest. When it, they opened it in, 100 years ago, it was a par 80. And uh, it, it's just incredible. When Angel Cabrera won five, the last time it was held there, five over par. This is Jason Day, who loves a hard course. He's become a superstar. Whenever he goes out, even for a schnitzel at night, he gets swamped. It's local diner everywhere. So, but he loves it. Some, some people run from it. He loves it. But this, the greens, is, I promise you, Next week on the show, we'll have footage of someone five-putting because the greens are so fast. It was where they actually invented the device that measures the pace of greens. You have really got to kiss the ball that goes for about 20 metres. This will be one of the great USA. The crash isn't good that, uh, that... It's quite an open field, isn't it, now? Oh, absolutely. Gone are the days where you have Tiger Woods playing in the cop and he's always 3-1 to one and yep. everyone else is 10-1. to one. It's yeah. quite open now with yeah. Spieth and... I think on a course that tough, the big shot to avoid uh, somewhere like Oakmont is this one. It's the, the duck hook, as seen here, modelled by Tim Horan. Mm. Uh, oh. It was a dog leg to the left. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know you drive buses in your speed. <laughs> <laughs> there was a dog leg to the left and there some overhanging branches there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you hitting them well at the moment, too? Uh, yeah, that's my one and only game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if uh, Day is concerned about the Oakmont course, uh, he was also nervous about throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game. Uh, look, you needn't have worried. Look, uh, not a lot of heat, but... Well, that's not bad. Oh, right? no. You're not going to throw it that hard if you're going to win three or four mil, are you, the next... Under pressure. worried about so. pulling the shoulder out. Yeah, you wouldn't do the shoulder. Under pressure, Tone. There's a big crowd there. You've got to give it some pepper, haven't no you? No way. Are you calling him custard arm? I'm calling him custard arm. <laughs> Thank you. It's exactly... Actually, he's not as bad as others, I should point out. Um, a Snoop Dogg, for example, who was uh, just terrific. Oh! <laughs> He tried a bit more pepper and obviously if accuracy went out the window for Snoop old Snoop Dogg. Snoop more like guide dog. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're back. Uh, <laughs> your job's safe now, now you It's obviously uh, harder than it looks. I'll show you just a couple of other efforts over the years. Fitty cents, uh, I think, or fitty cent, I think we're calling it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> he learned that, learned that from John Howe. <laughs> <laughs> Both soft and wide. This is Carl Lewis uh, getting the crowd involved. In. <laughs> oh no! No! <laughs> One of the world's no. Great. That's more John, John Howe. Now, now that is a guy not on drugs. Okay. <laughs> Totally undrug assisted. All right, newly crowned Olympic gold medalist Jared Talent joins us. We've got all the cracking goals from Euro 2016, and the German coach reaches a new low. Stick around. Driving on, Seamus Connolly to stand it up.
Welcome back. Some terrific action. Great goals there from Euro 2016. Uh, but first to the big issues from there. Stylish hair obviously has become very, very important in sport. And Turkey's Ozan Turfan, uh, he's got a lovely mop. If we have a closer look at that great goal, the Croatian goal, uh, you'll see that he's distracted as he comes forward by tending oh. to his hair and he forgets about defending at all. Oh. And through <laughs> goes the shot and he comes... Just wipe the little quick back <laughs> and back. Oh. At least he looked good with his mistake, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's not... Uh, uh, you might be surprised, Fitz. He's not the first to use the hair flick. Uh, at least Chad Wingard, as we see here, he didn't let it affect his performance. Look, the wipe does it, and then he still goes up and takes yeah, the Yeah, as long spec. as you take it, it's OK. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as long as you take it, there's no drama whatsoever. You, of course, uh, uh, Timmy, I think your nickname might have been... Helmet. Helmet, yeah. Yeah. Is that because your hair didn't move so much? <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I have some vision of you actually you? scoring oh, right. a, a terrific try, one of my favourite tries of all time. Yeah. Uh, here he is. Look, see, don't have to tend to the hair. <laughs> doesn't go anywhere, no matter how fast you run. <laughs> Was it uncomfortable wearing that helmet? <laughs> <laughs> Did not move at all. In the shower after the game. Have you had the same haircut your whole life, Timmy? Has yeah. it ever changed? No, when I was born like that. <laughs> yeah, just like that little, little comb over. Uh, I do love it. <laughs> Sadly, uh, once again, though, instead of talking footy or, or stupid hair, uh, violent idiots shove themselves into the limelight at Euro. Russian and English fans, uh, uh, fans, that's not what they are. They made it a war zone, both in the streets and in the stadium. This is just shocking for football, even though it's a beyond football problem, clearly. Oh, but the Russians were worse than the English. They came for trouble. I mean, the game was 9 o'clock at night, which is a bad time for it. It's too late for a start with. The Russians came with masks. You can see them there. They came with mixed martial arts gloves to punch with. They came with flares. All they wanted was trouble. There wasn't much of a gap between the two teams and they got it. This is one of the really most distressing stories in sport for the year, without doubt. And there could be plenty more to come at this tournament. But there's no doubt that some of the fans go there not necessarily to watch what's happening. They're going looking oh, for a fight, 100%. aren't they? They want to drink yeah. the beer and then just pick a fight. Well, who takes a mask to the yeah. footy? I mean, like, to, to the soccer, sorry. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I, I think that... They're, they're, they're having a good year, Russia, aren't they? They could be kicked out of the Olympic Games, the athletics team on Friday. Mm. They're cheating in the tennis. And now the soccer hooliganism. It's, it's disgraceful. And there's talk of both of those teams potentially being got rid of from the... It happens uh, again. Well. They're in serious strife. Yeah. All right. Uh, the beautiful game ha has got some dark corners. And German coach Joachim Lowe is keen to explore all of them. Uh, have a look. Uh, you might find this slightly disturbing. Uh, I didn't show this to you before, Kelly, because I thought you might walk out. And there we go. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> just, just check. Now he goes around the, the back just to see what's going on down there, and uh, you won't be no, surprised. No. Yes. Yes. Oh. Found something, no. uh, Fitzy. Stop the tape, please. That is that is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And I've got it's these guys. I feel sorry for you. Yeah, shake your hand. I've got an extensive German video catalogue, but that is disgusting. <laughs> that is disgusting. But yeah, it's not all negative for Joachim. Um, I don't know if you know, but he's got his own fragrance now as well. Oh, really? 
Very interesting. Good over sack. It's uh, it's generic for men yeah. and women. <laughs> Kelly, can I interest you in a conversation? Or are you, uh, you... I'm glad you didn't show me that before. Really? Mm, no, because okay. I wouldn't be sitting here right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much. Yeah. All right, uh, Argentina already has uh, got on their side in the form of Lionel Messi, who scored a hat trick to book a berth in the quarterfinals. But it was a team effort. Now look at how his teammate cleverly uses his head to set him up for this goal. It's absolutely brilliant. Bang. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh, that's an assist. That's an assist. It's gone very quickly. They practiced that at training. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, look, when we say it's the toss of a coin, it means it's a very, very close thing. It doesn't get any closer than this uh, coin toss. Up it goes. And it's actually stuck sideways in the the ground. (laughs) Look at it closely. (laughs) You'd claim it. The tails. (laughs) (laughs) Tails indeed. Beautiful work. All right, topsy-turvy old one-day competition in the West Indies in the cricket with the home team rolling Australia this morning. Crash, they, uh, we, we took care of South Africa before, but uh, West Indies came out and did the job. They did. When they're cold, they're absolutely glacial. Mm. When they're hot, they're quite good. And, and I've got to say, today they were good for Marlon Samuels. Their bowlers were good. But it's the form of Glenn Maxwell that's the really interesting yeah, issue Yeah, so he didn't there. get a run. He didn't get a run, and very significantly, Tone, they played Travis Head around him, yep. a batsman who bowls a bit of off-spin, just what he does. He is on the nose, Glenn Maxwell. I understand that when he was told about his selection in the T20 World Cup, the selector walked past him and said, you're in, just. And, and, and that, that really rocks a player. I reckon they're sending him a message. I, I reckon they're so beyond frustrated with him. I think the last five innings, it's something like nine, ten runs. You know, Is it the curse of the modern-day cricketer where it's too much too quickly? Because I imagine he must have earned a lot of uh, money. Well, you could probably... $10 million. It's a long way from that now, ball, have, wasn't it? Have a, yeah, it's a great highlight, that, because... I know Sunil Narine's a clever bowler. Some blokes play completely the wrong way against him. But even this, you know, that's not Glenn Maxwell. He's a good player, he's been. So I, I reckon they... What you say about the curse of the mega-rich, is he really keen? There's always been whispers Does that... Does he care I, enough? Yeah, it, like, you get paid $10 million, does it take out the tiger within you a bit? Does it does it really dull that? Do you really want to go the hard yards? I know he says he wants to play test cricket and all that, but how hard Did take a great catch. Did yeah, you, did but, you know, we get seduced by that. We always go, oh, yeah. what about this? And good on him. But this is about, you know... That's what you sort of expect from him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But what about, Crash, very quickly, um, with the test... There's been a lot of talk about the pink ball. Yeah. And, te- and with the ashes coming out, I think, yep. what, 18 months' time? Yep. Will they go a day-night game for the Ashes or should they respect the tradition of the Ashes series? I, I, I like the pink ball test. I don't like it for the Ashes, but they'll get their way. But Cricket Australia will win this. There'll be at least one pink ball test. Alright, look, here's one uh, for the cricket nerds. Uh, A.B. de Villiers was bowled comprehensively, as you can see uh, there, um, by Hazelwood. Yet when the ball tracking, you see this eclipse the top of the middle stump, definitely out. They have the ball tracking uh, to show us how much the ball deviated. Yeah, yeah. The actual delivery crash... Look, is missing the stumps. Oh. Look, this is a terribly significant moment. If you're watching at home, please sit down. No. Uh, because <laughs> They're already lying down. I know you say it's for nerds, but India have been saying this for years. They've been saying ball tracking devices are unreliable and there's too much risk at stake. You know, they just don't get it right. We laugh at India. We say, ho, 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 move with the times. 
That proves exactly what's wrong with the system. So DRS wrong. Oh, yeah. well, the ball hit the stumps. Yeah. And they've got it going over the stumps. You can't be more wrong. And I just think when that footage reaches India, as it probably has, somewhere in Mumbai, Sachin Tendulkar will be sitting back saying, I told you so. Yeah. He would. You know. but that, 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 that impression is a woman. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, that was Michael Jackson. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry. Apologies. Apologies to both Sachin Tendulkar and to ornithologists. Uh, I have no idea what bird this is. Uh, I only know it's from Brazil and it bounces a mean golf ball. Have a look. Oh, oh, look at that. What's oh. more? I, I think, Kel, what it's trying... I think it thinks it's an egg and it's trying oh. to break the egg, but it says it's a it golf ball. Quite a few birds that, you, I think, bounced Tiger's balls after he got... <laughs> 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 There it goes again. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm a winner at all costs kind of guy. Uh, cheat at golf. I cheat at so social tennis, as you should. So I admire this play from a high school lacrosse team. Here they gather all together. Uh, where's the pill? Where's Off the, the jumper. Well, yes, exactly. In they run. Who's got it? And Ruska. Oh, how good's that? In it goes. That's great. That's probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened in lacrosse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and... You'll be not surprised that it leads us to our top five. It's the top five ways to outsmart your opponent. Brought to you by Audi. Let's start at number five. Uh, look, this is the uh, more hidden ball moments. This is at the baseball a few years ago. Uh, you see that he's actually still got the ball. Look at that. The look on his face. I cannot believe it. Yeah, this is elaborate. He pretends to throw it. They pretend to catch it. He Even the guy at the back pretends to get it. But he's still got it. And he, you're out of there. Number four. This is uh, Sabotage, I love this one, the Moto3. A bit of argy-bargy, look, oh, why are you And then the Romano Fanati actually hits the kill switch on the... Oh, he's got an Genius. This is our thinking outside the square, uh, like this, at the netball. Oh. Is that legal, Kel? Completely <laughs> legal. Completely <laughs> legal. <laughs> Knocks it down. And thinking outside the square, this is just good. I don't care about that. Oh, Around the side of the net. Oh. Yeah. Brilliant way to go and uh, loved by the crowd. But number two. Uh, this is a sleight of hand. Now, you will see this kid, uh, he, he gets the ball, uh, appears to give it to the, uh, the girl behind him, and she's so happy. How sweet. Not really so sweet. If you look closely, he's got a decal. Oh! And, and he gives the other ball there to you go, her. Uh, it's the $9.99 ball. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, number one, this is just a filthy, dirty trick. It's the old, he's saying, oh, look, where's the ball? This is the wrong ball. It's got no air. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? <laughs> And off he goes <laughs> through for a touchdown. Beautiful work and much respect. Coming up, our newest Olympic champion, Jared Talent, joins us right here in the studio. And the gold medalist, rippering in Australia, Jared Talent. Yes, he was robbed, he was cheated, but justice has prevailed. He is the Olympic gold medal winner, uh, Jared Talent, joins us now. Congratulations. That was a wonderful ceremony. I understand you are getting the actual gold medal on Friday. Yeah, this Friday, um, 12 o'clock in Melbourne at Treasury Steps. So it's going to be a great moment, big celebration. Have all my family and friends there. 
Um, yeah, really looking forward to getting the medal. Where were you with that one? I was in Italy. So I was training in Italy, had a friend's house. Um, and unfortunately, they're not going to make it to the ceremony. So we thought we'd do a little bit of a mock one <laughs> practice, have a bit of fun with it. Um, they actually had a bit of a marble podium for me to stand on. Um, so, because my friend's a bit of a sculpture, so uh, does a bit of sculpture work. So, yeah, it was a bit of fun. Jared, is it the actual gold medal? Because I thought history says that it's you meant to actually get it off the Russian, and it comes to you. Is it the actual one? Uh, I was. We're hoping to get the actual one, but um, this medal that I received on Friday is not the actual um, gold medal. It's it's a London Olympic gold medal, but the actual one um, still hasn't arrived yet. And, and what does it, Jared? What does it mean to you? And obviously, it's very important to you to receive this gold medal. But how much more important is it for you to win in Rio and win a gold medal that way? Um, yeah, very important. I'm working really hard for it, and this is really motivating. I think it was the most important thing was getting the gold medal before I go to Rio. Um, you know, missing out on that there on the day, uh, it's, it was pretty devastating. Um, I was and I've, I was pretty angry after it once we, all the news came out. So. Um, to get it on the day will be the most beautiful thing to do it actually in Rio. So, Joe, when you're at the starting line in, in London and you had suspicions about the Russians, what, what was your mindset when you, you know, when you line up to do that 50k walk and you're looking to your left, looking to your right? What's your mindset when you, you doubted they were? Um, it's just something that we, I'd really gotten used to um, before the Beijing really? Beijing Olympics. Um, at those games, the the Russian that beat me in London, he was competing there. He had five of his training partners um, got banned for doping just before those games. Mm. Five guys he trains with every day and he was better than those guys. Yep. So um, it was, it's just something that we had to suck up. I mean, you just had, I was always going to do it the honest way, train hard, um, you know, and just do the best I could. Mm. We, we, we had uh, champion Herb Elliott on, on this very show, sitting in that chair not long ago, and he was asked specifically about you and that race and, and how that must feel and what he thinks should happen. Uh, just have a little look at what he had to say. Somebody comes to your home and steals stuff out of it, thieves things off you, that's a criminal offence. They could go to jail. But you can cheat somebody out of $10 million by taking drugs and a person that gets second doesn't take drugs and yet they, they're not allowed to participate in their sport for two years or four years. Big deal. I'd take them out forever. They wreck sport totally. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, the guy who beat me in London, he could potentially be back in Rio if the Russian athletics team is allowed to compete? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? On Friday, and how about this? When you get your medal, it's the same day the decision comes down about whether the Russian athletics team goes to Rio. Do you think they'll be there? Or, and should they be there? Unfortunately, I think they probably will be there. Um, I don't think they should be there. Uh, there's so much that needs to change, and they've had so little time. Um, there's a coach in my event who's been banned for life um, in the German documentary last week. They had evidence that he's still coaching. So not a, they haven't changed and it would be a disgrace if they are there. Cheating aside, walking as a sport, does it mess with your mind a little bit? Because it's, you know, it's a race. You're trying to get from point A to point B in the fastest way possible. Yet you're constrained by the inability to actually break out and run like a, a pacer not being able to gallop. It's like someone's going to the toilet, you know what I mean? Like when you're trying to get there quickly. It's a good question, but I just, I just always say it's like being um, a swimmer. You can get to the other end faster in the pool doing freestyle, but you have to do breaststroke. Um, very, very much the same. Jared, what about your... Sorry, for What, what about uh, your 50Ks? What, how long does it take to do that? Because, you know, people have just got home from walking their dog four or five Ks. What, what sort of pace do you do? I, I did read something that, you know, for 42 kilometres, which is the marathon pace, 
the front runners will take about three hours. Yeah, that's correct. So uh, around four minutes twenty to four minutes fifteen per kilometre, wow. around or nearly fourteen k an hour. And so, Jared, can you tell us what, uh, when you get fouled? So what are they looking? What are they looking at? They're looking at bending of the knees, and, and what are the things that you get fouled on? So there's only there's two rules. Uh, you've got to maintain contact with the ground at all times, and the second rule is when your leading leg lands has to be straight. Because we see those emotional scenes from the Sydney Olympics with Jane Savile, and she was in the lead. Just about to go into the stadium, and she got her third red paddle. I mean, how close have you been to the finish line before being fouled out before? Have you, or have you been pretty good in your career? I've been, yeah, very good in my career. My first uh, time I was actually with the leaders and doing really well was um, 2007 World Championships. I was in fifth position, only just off the medals, and I got disqualified um, towards the end of the race. And that hurt, like, hurt a lot. Um, and I, was really disappointed, but I just went back, worked really hard with my wife, Claire, um, who's my coach. You mentioned Claire. She was some disappointment for her in London, I think, with yeah. some photographs as well. So you can see it is one of those sports, and that, when that happens, it's crushing. It is, it is. Um, it's just the challenge of the sport, but, uh, yeah, we wouldn't change it. We really enjoy it, and um, it's something that we have to work on. I, I like the challenge. It makes it a tougher sport. You've got an interesting family dynamic because your wife, Claire, is now your coach. And your younger sister Rachel will make her Olympic debut in Rio as a walker, and you're her coach. Yeah, we, we call it talk? Team, team talent. Yeah, um, <laughs> so we're all going off to Switzerland uh, next week to train together. Um, so I've worked with Claire since 2004, like uh, when we were athletes together, and it was only natural after London when she retired that she would be my coach. And then Rachel has done really well, come up. Um, she's been really determined to make the team this year and I've been helping her and we, we all sort of work together and help each other. Done brilliantly so far. Look, all the best. Congratulations on the win. Uh, all the best for Friday and for Rio. Thanks so much for dropping in. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Jared Talent there. Stay with us. Our Champ of the Week up next. <laughs> Welcome back. Come on, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Stand, stand, no, stand up. No, he looks like the Emperor from Star Wars. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Tinky Winky. <laughs> the Teletubby. Uh, I tell you what, it's not until you put a onesie on. Yeah. Like, I actually... Uh, are we still on air? We yeah. Are. <laughs> I need to go to the gents. It'll take me at least 15 minutes to get out. <laughs> Seriously. I'm just uh, waiting. Can't wait to see it in the Qantas Club later on tonight. <laughs> with good. my old mate. All right. Well done, Will mate. she walk into the Qantas Club with me tonight? Time now for our Champ of the Week. Brought to you by Audi. Professional golf, clearly it's a young woman's game. Aces 18-year-old Canadian Brooke Henderson. She's won her first major with that approach shot. This is a PGA Championship. She beat 19-year-old world number one Lydia Ko. That approach shot with a metre. She taps it in for the win. Absolutely sensational. Kiwi Ko obviously was chasing a third straight major championship. She's 19, eight, that girl's 18. Crazy. Phenomenal. Sadly, that's where we have to leave you, but we will see you next week. This has been a presentation of Fox Sports.